Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm going to do a little bit of a role play here off the top of Believe in Steelers. I'll be Steelers GM Omar Khan. And Joey, you'll be Bears GM Ryan Poles. I call you on the phone and say, hey, Justin Fields, he's available. You have the first pick. You're going to take Caleb Williams. What will it take to trade for Justin Fields? How do you respond? Well, first of all, Omar, great to hear from you again. (laughs) Joey Porter Jr., great player. Great player. Strong pick. Really like it. Um, Man, we haven't texted. I'm looking at my text right now. We haven't texted since last year. So great to hear from you. Uh, look, I, I think the world of Justin right now. I mean, hang on, hang on, fight. hang on. Before we talk about Justin's, how's Chase Claypool doing for you? Wait, who? Uh, you cut you, you you cut out there. Okay. I think I'm going. Okay. I might be going through a, a tunnel on the highway. Um, no, he's uh, he's enjoying the sandy beaches of Miami. But let me let me get to the skinny here for you right now. <laughs> you look, Justin. Justin is Justin is elite and he's a future Pro Bowl player. It's a financial thing for us here, Omar. And look, I'm here's what I'm willing to do, my friend. Uh, give me your second-round pick. Give me a fourth-round pick. I'll trade you a sixth, and maybe we can talk some sort of future fifth based on maybe some sort of escalator of Justin taking some snaps, uh, maybe winning some games. You could put an escalator, maybe a fifth turns into a fourth. Whatever. What do you say? The second and fourth, I think I'd probably pull the trigger on if you could split up the draft. So you'd probably want the second in this year's draft, and we could do the fourth in 2025. I think you have a deal. I think you have a deal. Now, now, what if we lived in a world where you gave us your first round pick? (laughs) Listen, listen, when I listen to what Adam Schefter is saying, I think that that possibility exists, and I think that's also some Chicago front office personnel floating that out to media of Justin Fields, who played better on the back half of the year. But let's also not forget that there was a part of the season where it looked like Tyler Bajant was going to be the undrafted hero in Chicago. And we were just going to send Justin Fields off into the sunset. He's got a quick release. Uh, that well, still look, happened in 2023, but hang on. I'll welcome everyone in. I'm Mark Bergen, joined today by Joey Christopoulos. He is the host of Believe in Bears, both part of the Believe Network family, special cross-pod edition. And welcome into anyone watching. We will have our What Yins Think segment where we answer viewer questions. But uh, Joey, I don't think the possibility of Fields going to Pittsburgh specifically is high, but... I do think that there is a strong possibility maybe he ends up in Atlanta, maybe Vegas, but uh, I can't help but wonder. It's like I see a lot of really smart football people, and we'll talk about the Steelers' biggest offseason needs here too on tonight's pod too. Quarterback position's like the elephant in the room with Pittsburgh right now because Pickett will be back. You have Trubisky under contract. Mason Rudolph is entering free agency, and that is the looming question for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but fields is out there. So it's like, you go get fields, go get Kirk cousins. Uh, there's probably, probably a few other players you could go get, but um, what say you, what do you think about all this? Just because I'm sure you've talked ad nauseum about draft fields, future Caleb Williams, this, that, and the other. 
No, I'm I'm hardened. I'm hardened like leather, my friend. We got two more months of this to go, so <laughs> I'm, I'm I I can I can, I can bring it on, man. Let's do another hundred days of, of Justin Fields versus Caleb talk, but let's just roll it back to the Steelers just really quickly. Okay. Um, I personally, um, from my vantage seat, um, everybody take a drink. I have family members that are huge Steelers fans, so I watch every single snap, every single season. I'm not calling for a reset at the quarterback position, but they need an upgrade. And I think a lot from what you heard from your owner in this offseason probably lends itself to them taking a look. Now, let's roll it over to Justin. The reason why I don't think Justin Fields and the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be a, uh, a marriage that's going to be happening down the pike, I, I think it's a great fit personally. But I just think timeline-wise, it doesn't make sense. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think you want to scour and go through every single one of these QB prospects as the Patriots and the Commanders would. Talk to Jaden Daniels. Who cares? You're not going to get him in the 20s, but 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 hear me out on this. You want to talk to Bo Nix. You want to talk to Michael Penix because you want to do that evaluation to decide whether you would actually pull the trigger on something like that in the first round. And leading back to Justin Fields, if you want to take your time and see how the board shakes out because it's inexact science, I just think from the Chicago Bears perspective, I think they want to move on from the Justin Fields situation before draft night. So why, be why before Joey? That was one of the questions I was going to ask you is why before and not after? That is a great question. And I, and that it's reading the tea leaves right now of what I'm hearing and what I'm understanding. So I, I started the off season coming from the mindset of trying to wrap my head around the bears actually moving forward with Justin Fields and finding success, trading the pick. Now I'll be honest with you. Everything that we're hearing right now, is that it's all leaning towards Caleb Williams, right? Mm -hmm. And each week is going to be a different week in the NFL moving forward all the way up to the end of April. But I think from the perspective of Ryan Poles, he had success last year during the owners' meetings trading the number one pick last time. Um, it seemed like he had strong enough conversations. And I think this is a move where you have to ask yourself, Ryan Poles might to many seem like he has an easy decision to make by drafting Caleb Williams, but this is a move that a general manager has to make with conviction and move forward accordingly. I just don't see a scenario. How do you attack free agency? If you're a Chicago bears fan or a Chicago bears team, if you still have Justin Fields and you don't know if you're taking Caleb Williams, can you start to read the tea leaves through that sort of aspect, that sort of process? I just think that there's enough moving parts there where I think that the Chicago bears will make a decision. It will be definitive. And I'm not saying it's tomorrow, but I am saying come March, maybe mid-March, I think we are going to get the answer to the question of is it Justin Fields or is it Caleb Williams? And I just don't see Justin Fields getting drafted, uh, traded on draft night. Um, I think the best deal that they can get, if it is the Atlanta Falcons, is probably something that happens before the draft, before the bullets start flying and guys are on the board that are maybe falling. And that's kind of where I'm landing right now. All right, before we get too far along with this conversation, Joey, let's pay the bills really quickly. Today's episode of Believe in Steelers and Believe in Bears, special cross-show edition, if you will, is brought to you by betonline.ag. They'll take care of all of your gambling needs this season, and the Super Bowl is here. There's player props galore. If you want to place a bet on any of the action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. And Use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can see that on your screen right now to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We'll get to player props too later in the pod. I wanted to- I got some. Oh yeah, absolutely. I want to continue this conversation about fields though. Yeah. And if you're Pittsburgh, like 
you bring in Arthur Smith, hopefully to get Kenny Pickett right. And I see the parallels of Arthur Smith when he was the coordinator of the Titans, helped get Ryan Tannehill right. You could probably do the same with Kenny Pickett. He helped develop the monster that is King Henry, not Derrick Henry, King Henry. And you've got a two-headed monster in Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. A big question the Steelers have this offseason. Between now and May 2nd, are you picking up Najee Harris's fifth-year option? I personally wouldn't do it. I'm in the minority among Steelers fans that believe that. That is just my opinion. Go check out my previous content if you want my take on that. And then third, we talk about what A.J. Brown developed into in Tennessee. And the Steelers have a guy by the name of George Pickens. So to me, the parallels are there. And you can achieve success with what Smith did as a coordinator, which led him to be the Falcons head coach. And you say, well, three straight seasons of 7-10 and 10 football. Why are you excited about that? He has play calling experience, and it's the style of play that Pittsburgh wants to play. Now, can he get the most out of Kenny Pickett? Clock's already ticking on that entering year three, and say what you want about Kenny or not. Year two, he throws six total touchdown passes. When some quarterbacks do that in a single game, that's not going to cut it. And even if you're Kenny Pickett's biggest fan, and I still think that he could be an average quarterback, but he hasn't stayed healthy in two seasons now. So that's something else that you need to factor in is regardless of what Pittsburgh does this offseason at the quarterback position, you can't roll in with Mitch Trubisky as your backup. That's where I stand right now as it is on February the 7th. So where do you go? What do you do? Do you try and target Gardner Minshew? Is that the plan? <laughs> Minshew mania. Are you going <laughs> to draft a rookie quarterback? And look, here's the thing, and, and this is what I'm I'm hearing right now is that when you make the parallels with Arthur Smith and Ryan Tannehill, and you're completely correct, that sounds like Kirk Cousins to me. And if you want to talk about the iteration that look was mixed and did not work in Atlanta with Desmond Ritter, uh, I'm thinking more of a player like Justin Fields. I have a lot of questions in terms of Kenny Pickett right now with a new offensive coordinator taking a significant enough step to compete in what looks like now a bear of an AFC North. Um, I understand that you don't want to bail on these guys. Look, we're going through the same situation too as well, but maybe I'm learning just from the bears perspective of look, this doesn't mean I don't think Justin Fields is good, right? I don't think he's a bad player. I think he has potential, but with our timeline and where we're sitting in right now with the opportunity, this unique opportunity to take Caleb Williams, I think that everything is kind of shifting in that direction. If you can try and compare that to what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, I think you've heard enough from your owner over the offseason about maybe pushing the pedal on the gas offensively. They've changed the offensive coordinator to a guy who Arthur Smith got a head coaching job trying to reclaim his career. And I think now you have to look at the quarterback position. And I don't think this is about potential or growth. I think it's about, is Kenny doing enough right now that you feel confident to move forward with? Or do you have to say to yourself, look, we like Kenny, but right now we need better. And those it, are kind of similar situations, just a little bit going on between the Steelers and the Chicago Bears. And, and my final thought on this really quick is that, and I've said this on your show before, mm -hmm. we've talked about this before. Pittsburgh Steelers fans need to understand something. TJ Watt is the best defensive player in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. You have him locked up in the prime of his contract right now and the prime of his career. When you have these types of players, this is when you go for it, right? This is not TJ Watt, hopefully in a Super Bowl in three years when 
Kenny figures it out or whatever. It needs to be in the next couple of years while TJ Watt is in his prime, racking up 18 to 20 sacks a year. You would do the same if you had a quarterback at the position. You should do the same if you had a player of his caliber on the defensive side of the ball. That's kind of where I land on that. And if that means that Kenny Pickett gets squeezed out because they're looking to do a little bit better, um, then so be it. And maybe that's what Steelers fans deserve. That's well said. That's really well said. And I'll uh, I'll take this a step further, too. He hasn't won a playoff game. For a caliber of TJ Watts, I mean, makes no all sense. world. If, if he continues to play at a level for, say, the next three years, I think he's a first ballot all-famer. That's not a hyperbole. Um, the reason why we went live tonight, though, already some great comments, too. And I mentioned Kenny's health. Got Nick's mom checking in. Thank you, Nick's mom. Bring up a good point, though. Fields has never stayed healthy for a full season either. Great point. True. Great True. point. And so, again, even if you're Kenny Pickett's biggest defender, you know, I said this, and this is just the truth. He hasn't stayed healthy. His rookie year, he came in week four to relieve Mitch Trubisky. Steelers needed a spark. He got it done as a rookie as best he could. And then this past season, right when he starts to start playing at a bit of a higher level, he hasn't been able to do that. So, um, and can I real quick, just to provide yep. some nuance to Justin Fields and his health. And you've watched this is, you know, I, this is not a defense of the games miss because you're right. He hasn't played a full healthy season. I think throughout his entire career, but, but Mark, he's like, if you're watching WWF wrestling, he's been hitting by, he's been hit by the chair. He's been thrown through the table. They found the ladder. And then they hit him four or five times, and then he taps out, right? I mean, like, the guy takes serious, serious hits. Now, if you play in the world where Justin Fields is the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback next year, a world that we might not be living in for very long, we're just playing in the fantasy of it the week before the Super Bowl. Sure. Uh, Steelers fans will absolutely love how this dude can take a hit or take some punishment, and and you're praying that your quarterback gets up, and every time he gets right back up. I mean, it is it is – it is a knack that I want to give him a little bit of credit for, but the, I cannot lie that he has missed time. A lot of people in the comments pointing out stats of turnovers and win-loss records. I appreciate the comments. Um, what I would say to that, if you're defending glass half full Justin Fields, um, he can't the throw win-loss the ball. Record. He can't throw the ball and catch it too, Joey. Like, <laughs> and. Well, he could try, I suppose. I don't know how successful he would be, but I'll make this brief for the comments. Yeah, if you yeah. want to point to his one loss record, that means that you think that Matt Nagy wasn't a problem. And he went two <laughs> and eight with Matt Nagy. If you want to say that the win and loss record is is all on Justin Fields, then I guess he went out and signed Dante Pettis and Byron Pringle oh, and EQ man. St. Brown and they purposefully try to lose as many games as possible last year. They did that. They did that on purpose. And then this year was the first year that he actually, you know, and we won seven games. So, I mean, come on, yeah. like Joe, you're I, the best. I get, I get it. I get you're it. The best. Come on, uh, I'm going to keep it here on this topic for just a second. Which team do you think would be the best fit for Justin Fields in 2024? You can include the bears on that list too, but let me go through the odds really quickly. and We can discuss yeah. Falcons would be the next favorite at plus 140, Raiders at plus 450, the Seahawks at plus 750. The reason why we're talking about this tonight, the Steelers, Broncos, and Patriots all have the same odds to have Justin Fields as their quarterback in 2024. 
I'll ask that, but I'll also say this too. If Pittsburgh trades for Fields, you're punting on Kenny Pickett, meaning Fields is essentially your starter. You're not going to give up mm-hmm. whatever you would need to in a trade to acquire Justin Fields and then say, hey, we're going to have an open competition. By the way, here's a clipboard, even though we just you know, spent more draft capital right now on acquiring you. But among those teams, Joey, what do you think would be the best fit for Fields as a player this upcoming season? Yeah, and for Steelers fans, you know, they're thinking this is kind of like kissing cousins or whatever. Like Justin Fields is way better than Mitch Trubisky. I promise you, I promise you, yeah. I promise you, substantial amount. So in that regard, um, you know, so when the, the Chicago Bears were one in five, um, and I was lighting um, parts of my furniture on fire in my apartment. And I was calling for Ibrafus's head. I got on a pod with my co-host, former Bears defensive end, Corey Wooten. And I said that, look, like it's all trending towards Ryan Poles moving on from Justin. And I, I think Atlanta, Atlanta makes the most sense. He's the hometown kid. Um, I think he's, I think he needs to go to a place where the, maybe this isn't a great fit for Pittsburgh. I'll be honest with you. He needs to go to a place where next year kind of just doesn't matter. And he can just sort of kind of like sink back into a place and build some roots and, and try and build something around it. I think they have interesting pieces. I think him and Kyle Pitts is a good combo. I mean, a- imagining RPOs with Bijan Robinson and Justin Fields, I think is a tantalizing proposition. Scary. And what and on Sundays, you know, what do we always end up kind of tuning into when we tune into like Falcon Saints? Or Bucks Saints, it's always thirteen to six in the third quarter. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and weird things are kind of weird things are kind of happening. Not a lot of scoring going on. I think Justin Fields can come up with those, uh, you know, those dynamic, intangible plays that you don't draw up on a whiteboard um, and make some plays down there. And I think that it'd be a great place for him to have some success. Uh, to be honest with you, New England, I don't really like the fit. Um, that doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense. The Raiders, I just crossed off the list because they just hired Luke Getzey. So it's like literally the Raiders are like, <laughs> I don't know. It's almost like a weird perversion of like, I love that couple. I'm going to bring both of them out with me to Las Vegas. It just never happens in the NFL. Um, the only thing I, think I could it, think with Las Vegas would be Devontae Adams would be special. But if you say, oh, I love Josh Jacobs, he could be gone in free agency. Yeah. And I didn't think about Seattle. Seattle's an interesting spot there justin fields and dk metcalf is an interesting proposition kenneth walker um, smith Najigba. you've got tyler lockett too i'm not sure if any of those players are due to enter free agency but the fit yeah. there would be nice um the the i guess the thing about it would be and this is a knock on justin fields is that he still hasn't really conquered the consistency of production against actually like established defenses and he would be playing uh, a 49ers defense twice a year. Um, you know, a Rams defense pretty bad towards the end of last year. If he, if he did go to Seattle, no, like Justin Fields destroyed the Lions, but against the Vikings and the Green Bay Packers, he had a rough time, right? So, um, holds the ball a little Seattle's bit too long, Joey. Holds the ball a little bit too long, trying to make in the home run play all the time. Um, making the home run play, and then the knock on him also is that he, when we talk about windows in the NFL, he needs to see it be open for him to throw it open instead of trusting that that window and that break is going to happen. And and it would be a really interesting dynamic with him and George Pickens. Could they build that sort of trust? Because mm. I think with George Pickens, you throw the ball up in a spot, you know, he's going to come down with it. Um, and he bailed out a lot of different uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterbacks over this last past season. 
Um, could that be something that galvanizes Justin Fields to have that confidence? Or could that be a, another inconsistency that could be a problem if he came to Pittsburgh? I think another point with the Falcons, too, in a weaker division, in a division where, okay, Baker Mayfield had a good season this year for the Bucks, but if you're paying him now $40 million a year and you can't spend that money to make other upgrades on your team, look across the quarterbacks in the division. It's an oversimplification. But like the Raiders and say the Broncos, oh, well, sweet. You've got to go and beat Patrick Mahomes twice a year. You've got to go and beat Herbert, who should be pretty good with Harbaugh, twice a year. Patriots don't have any weapons. So it's like he goes to New England. It's essentially almost like a rinse and repeat of what he's had in Chicago before this past season. And I'm talking before he had DJ Moore, where it's just Justin Fields and... I, I don't want to call yeah. out any individual player, Joey, but a lack of talent at the skill position player. That that's that's not a hyperbole. Yeah, not not at all. Not in the slightest. Um, and if they did take Justin Fields, I guess in theory they would have Marvin Harrison in New England. So I guess maybe you can kind of wrap your head around that a little bit, but that would be very akin to the Cam Newton thing they tried three years ago, but with a younger, better player, does that even really move the needle? I'm not so sure. And Denver with Justin Fields, I'm just kind of writing that off. Um, to be honest with you, a couple of people that I talked to over the last couple of years when jobs were available in Chicago, especially the Matt Eberflus cycle about Sean Payton coming to Chicago, I had kind of heard that it, Justin, he likes Justin, the person and the player, but it's just not his cup of tea when it comes to quarterback play. So I just I I wouldn't just I wouldn't expect the Broncos and Justin Fields at all. Where do you think ultimately he winds up? Atlanta. Yeah, I I, I think Atlanta. I think Atlanta. I would like to get a two. I think honestly, if we're trying to be realistic about it right now, or trying to maybe save Bears Twitter from from going nuts, is that I think it'd be a package that would have escalators. Um, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Very similar to what we've seen the last couple of years with the Aaron Rodgers trade. Um, plays a certain amount of snaps. This pick turns into that pick. Um, good for the goose, good for the gander. Um, the Chicago Bears could sell that by saying, hey, well, we got two opportunities to maybe earn two second-round picks instead of not getting a second-round pick at all for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you're the Chicago Bears trying to get that, uh, forgive me, I think it'd be 39-40 um, in the second round from Atlanta. Um, I think that would be a good pickup for sure. We traded our second round pick already for Montez Sweat. We love doing it, baby. We're just throwing second round picks out. He's uh, a good like player, though. Like, like, they, no, that, that, that worked. That with worked. Sweat, you're not going to get a player of his caliber in the second round. There might be was, one out of the all, of all 32 second round picks. Maybe one. He, maybe. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He's fit in like a glove. So, I mean, that move, that move has been a plus. So, you know, I know we rightfully get made fun of for the chase Claypool trade. Ryan Poles atoned for that this year by trading his second round pick for Montez sweat. And maybe we can get it back with the field, uh, Justin Fields trade. No one bats a thousand. The bears wouldn't even be in this position if not for Ryan Poles. So yes, you oh, have to make it right. You have to deliver with the draft capital and the picks that you've got. They wouldn't be in this position. And you know, this Joey, I live in North Carolina. Now that trade by the day, by the day is looking more and more lopsided by the minute, I by know. the minute. And they're like, well, can Dave Canales and Dan Morgan, who they promoted from across the hall and apparently had to 
oppose former Panthers GM Scott Fitterer so much to the point where he gets promoted internally after the team just had its worst record in franchise history. And that's the solution for yeah. Carolina. So say what you want about the Bears. No one bats a thousand, but the fact that they're in this position now where they got a haul for who ends up being Bryce Young, where I'm not saying Bryce Young's going to be a bust. I'm not quite there yet, but if he has a season like he did this past year as a rookie, look out. Like the, just, R, the, the ROI on it right now is 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 negative, net negative for sure. So can it bring it back to baseline? Let's give the kid a chance. I think every rookie quarterback, and this goes for Caleb Williams, deserves at least 20 starts um, in the NFL before you start kind of, you know, laying the guillotine on them or dropping a crown on top of their forehead. And just my quick thing on Ryan Poles, and the reason why, much to a lot of Bears Twitter's chagrin, um, is that I've been trying to hypothesize the reason of keeping Justin Fields and building around a draft capital hall is that inexact science, but honestly, I think Ryan Poles has done a fantastic job with his draft picks. Um, I, I have not right. liked Tyreek Stevenson. Yeah. This past Jer year, Jervon, Jervon Dexter, uh, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan. Yeah. I mean, like go down the list, Jack Sanborn, even Braxton Jones later on in the draft, Roshan Johnson. Now these aren't star players, but these are guys that are contributing in the NFL and they're young and they have a possibility to get better. I like what Ryan Poles has done there. I haven't really liked what he's done in free agency. So I'm kind of of the mindset of, I mean, yeah, maybe Ryan Pulse should call around a little bit and see who can knock them out for the number one pick. And Mark, my question for you, back to you, would be mm -hmm. what would it take for the Chicago Bears to move off the number one pick? What would the package have to look like that would actually have you say, look, this guy might be a Pro Bowl quarterback, but this is a Herschel Walker trade right now. And I can do something so significant and I could trade a first round pick next year for Tyree Kill if I want, you know what I mean? What what would it take? Would it, what would it I take have for you to not just the specifics? I have a specific name. You ready for this? Yes, Arch Manning. <laughs> In twenty twenty six. Oh, now I'll say this. I'll say this. In all seriousness, it that conversation starts minimum, minimum, two first round picks. Minimum. Here's here's how I figure. Right, what you got last year for Bryce Young. That's where we're starting the conversation. So go through all of that compensation of whatever all of that is. And I know they made some trades, trade back and trade forward and whatnot after they made it, that well, trade. So real, the Panthers, yeah, real quick, that's where was, you start. That's yeah. where you start building the package. Two first DJ Moore and next year's second round pick. That's the deal. That's where you start because, okay, would you, because here, here's how I look at it. Would you rather have Caleb Williams on a rookie deal all five years, Bryce Young heading to year two? That's where we're starting that conversation. If I'm Chicago, now, how ruthlessly they can negotiate, that's where I'm starting. Two first-round picks minimum, probably three. If Caleb Williams is a generational dude, they're saying he's in the likes of Andrew Luck. He's in the likes of Trevor Lawrence. That's how highly regarded he is. We're, at least two. At least two. And, and, it, and, it, and if I it agree. doesn't, if the conversation doesn't start there, hanging up the phone. Right. Like you don't have that. And that's the thing with the Chicago Bears. I know we're drilling it in, but it is a win win 
for the Chicago Bears this offseason if you just play your cards right, where you don't have to do anything. You can just take Caleb Williams and use your $80 million in cap space and roll with it like that and see what you can get out there. Um, you know, been scouring some names. There are some guys out there that can definitely improve your team. See what you can do at nine, whether a wide receiver is one of the top three guys is still available, whether you're Shane Waldron and you're saying, I want Brock Bowers or whether you're going offensive line. So there's an easy path for the Chicago bears to improve their team, but the road to make the Chicago bears a a team that's going to compete a team that's going to put five to 10 years on the board, similar to what a Pittsburgh Steelers team has done over the past, what multiple decades, that road is a little bit more complicated. And that's something that Ryan Poles is trying to navigate through. Why does it feel to me that Kirk cousins is going to wind back in Minnesota? Because he's, he is for such a Costco polo shirt wearing dude. He has been one of the savviest. You know what I'm saying? He's just like, oh, wait, hold on. I already have a pair of loafers. Maybe I should get some more loafers. And I don't know. I I wasn't getting rips tonight. Maybe I'll buy it. He's just like, he's an average dude. I would see him in line at Costco and and it would all make sense. He has been one of the savviest, most cutthroat negotiators of any of these quarterbacks. Yeah. Think about like what Lamar Jackson had to go through last offseason. And then think about (laughs) Kirk Cousins has rolled diced his career. And you know what? He wants every dollar guaranteed. And Minnesota at some point is probably going to have to look around and say, all right, well, what are our options here? What else do we do? What do we have to pay to get JJ McCarthy? Will Michael Penix be there? Will Bo Nix be there? Well, are we certain that any of those guys are even good either? And it's no knock on any of them individually, but like, like the consensus top three, Caleb Williams, Drake may Jaden Daniels drop off like another tier, maybe another two tiers below. I think that's, pretty much a consensus at least at this point in february a lot can happen between now and april yeah and you got to ask yourself a really important question if you're the minnesota vikings is yeah if it isn't kirk cousins who is it and if it's a rookie quarterback does that solve what i think is probably going to be your justin jefferson problem in the next couple of years um because i you know let's be honest i think the dude wants to get paid i think he would get paid and stay in minnesota saying that today yeah, if the situation makes sense, but look, man, like if you're rolling out rookie quarterback and 18 starts in, he ain't getting the ball, they're losing some games. Next thing you know, contracts coming up, unhappy employee, and they got to pay the big, you know what I mean? I could just see a world where that could possibly be on the table. And I think that's something that they want to try and take care of, right? I think you want to nurture the Jordan Addison um justin jefferson combo over the next couple of years and i think you want to keep those guys happy in the easiest way is probably giving kirk cousins that guaranteed cash what about russell wilson i just look russell wilson's numbers were better this year right mm-hmm. i don't think there's any denying that but i think he's in that Derek carr category now to be honest with you. And I take Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is the king of the Derek Carr category. You know what I mean? Like it's the Derek Carr category. It's the title, but on the face of the restaurant, it's Kirk Cousins. And so why would you, I I think Russell Wilson's a downgrade. Um, You know, Russell Wilson is an upgrade in Pittsburgh. Where where does he wind up? Is is what I'm asking though. Like, where do you think he lands? Russell Wilson? Yeah. 
you know, I just really think I think one of the interesting pivot teams of all this is really what the Las Vegas Raiders decide to do. Um, mm-hmm. because I could see them going out and spending money, and I think it would be more of a three-year $80 million deal to Baker Mayfield. I could see them doing something like that. I could see them doing a team, a guy like Russell Wilson. I could see them possibly drafting a quarterback if they move up and, and use the proper amount of draft capital. So wherever that sort of settles, I could see it creating a domino effect of could Russell Wilson then maybe be in Tampa Bay? Could Russell Wilson be in Minnesota? Could Russell Wilson be a Pittsburgh Steeler? Um, I think that there's a lot of options there. I just don't think he's going to be highly sought after. I think he's going to have to wait a little bit <laughs> and wait till there's a couple chairs left and then just get down before the music stops. I see. Almost musical chairs. I like that. But this comment is so funny. I just have to bring this up. It's just so ridiculous. Robert, thank you for weighing in. If the Bears traded fields <laughs> to the Vikings, they would beat him twice a year. <laughs> interdivisional trade with the quarterback eight happening number one but see <laughs> see, we're hilarious. playing checkers we're playing checkers robert is playing chess and he's thinking like ryan poles how do i get playing myself pokemon cards joey how do i get two extra wins oh, next year the, cor- the quarterback carousel in all seriousness is one of my favorite things every year because it's chaos and so you think the raiders are a key like almost domino piece where once it starts, it's just a chain reaction. What happens with Baker Mayfield? Does he try to re-up with the Bucks? How ruthless is that negotiation? Because they had success this last year. You lose your offensive coordinator and Dave Canales to the Panthers. Team in your division. Mike Evans, is he coming back? Like, there's just so many questions there. And then if you have to pay Baker Mayfield a premium, this is why he didn't work out in Cleveland, is... You can't load up around the team that you can if he's making um, a cheaper deal. Yeah, it, was, it, was a, it was a bargain deal for the Buccaneers, and he goes and wins that quarterback job. So how all that shakes out, I, I just can't wait. And honestly, I think the Steelers probably go in next season with Pickett as their one. I think they do their best to sign Mason Rudolph. But I'll say this, the money you're giving to Trubisky now, I'd try to give that to Rudolph. You don't want to pay too much of a premium for a guy who's going to be on the sidelines holding a clipboard, though. And that was the issue I had with Trubisky this last season, Joey, is when Pickett got hurt, Trubisky came in, and everyone was critical of Mike Tomlin and saying, why didn't you move off Trubisky sooner to go to Mason Rudolph, who played well in four games this year. It was the best football he's played at an NFL level. Mm -hmm. But I can give you 8 million reasons why, Joey. When you're making eight mil, the 28th highest paid quarterback in 2023, that's why you have Trubisky. In Trubisky, so you're going to pay $8 million a player for a dude just to chill on the sidelines and serve as a de facto coach. Like, it, it makes me so mad. Why that, did they give him the extra year? Why? I don't why? Know. I, like, I do not know. And I want to point your this Christmas out. Christmas bonus. Too. I want to point this out too. This was all decided by Kevin Colbert before Omar Khan took over. And remember, Mm. they signed Mitch Trubisky before the draft, before they knew Pickett would fall to them at number 20. And this is also when they had RIP Dwayne Haskins. So you're going to go into that season with Dwayne Haskins, Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph as your starters. When Pickett falls to you at 20, the hometown kid, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do in a post-Ben Roethlisberger era. Kevin Colbert thought this was going to be my parting gift to Pittsburgh. Maybe Pickett can get back on track with the new OC because Matt Canada, oh, Lord, don't even get me started, Joe. You got me fired up right now. 
but it hasn't looked good. And even if you're Pickett's biggest defender right now, again, I go back to he hasn't stayed healthy in six touchdown passes this past season. When dudes do this in this league now with the way that football's played in one game, it's as simple as that. And to think he tore it up in preseason. And that was and that was the big concern for me is look, I understand a young quarterback. It's all about confidence, it's about momentum. And when you fall, it's about trying to pick yourself back up and trying to find yourself at a place of growth by the end of the year. And my biggest concern with Kenny Pickett was that he he finished the season, had a couple of gutsy wins, right, in his rookie season, came up with a nice couple of fourth quarter passes. Comeback, comebacks. Yeah, showed a little promise and then came into the year through training camp, got into preseason, and was completely shredding people. And now look, I'm not saying five that drives, that's... five touchdowns. And Joey, hold your thought right there really quick. Yeah. Preseason, I say this every year, and I, I credit my guy Dave Damashek for saying this. And, and it's a line I will steal for him. Preseason is like a war reenactment. It looks like the real thing. It kind of feels like the real thing. It ain't the real thing. But please continue. But to but I, I completely agree with you. And the issue that I had that that is a huge red flag with me and Kenny Pickett was not only did he fall on his face in week one, and look, you know, tough opponent week one, but but completely did not look like the same quarterback. The whole idea of getting those reps is to see those looks and have him have the confidence to rip it when he sees it. I think that's the whole purpose of getting reps in the preseason and the results can vary, but he saw great results. The fact that he couldn't carry that confidence and that momentum into the season. And then when he fell on his face a little bit, couldn't pick himself back up and really just kind of struggled. Now he got a little bit closer back to baseline before he got hurt. But I mean, baseline was mediocre at best. And I was just kind of disappointed that it was a real struggle for him last season. He did not end the season out on a high note, obviously, because he ended it injured. So I think he is as big as a mystery box and a question mark um, of any of the questions that you have heading into the offseason if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yeah, I guess the Najee Harris uh, Harris decision is going to be really interesting too as well because when I heard the Shane... Excuse me. When I heard Arthur Arthur Smith was getting signed by the offensive coordinator, Jalen Warden must be sprinting uh, through his house right now because we saw how Tyler Algier stole carries from Bijan Robinson on the regular, especially when he got on a heater. And Jalen Warren's a good running back. He deserves he deserves touches. And I don't think it's just going to be this whole we got to get Najee going, got to get him going. I mean, if he doesn't get going, I don't think he's going to see the football. Um, that'll be an interesting thing to monitor too next year yeah. with Arthur Smith as offensive coordinator. I like Najee. I'm on the record as saying for $6.6 million in 2025, I wouldn't pick it up. It's not a knock on his leadership. It's not a, lock, a, a lack of professionalism. It's I get that he's a chain mover, but when his longest run in the NFL is lower than 40 yards, and when he starts running east and west and doing what defenses want him to do, I just don't see it. I know he hasn't had the offensive line. I know the play call predictability has been poor. He hasn't had great quarterback play. I just don't value the running back position as highly as other people do in the NFL. If I want to go back and criticize Kevin Colbert even more, and I think he was a great GM for years in Pittsburgh, but he drafted Najee Harris out of Alabama. First round pick a year coming off the Steelers, finishing dead last in the NFL and rushing. And it's coming down from Mark Rooney II, the owner saying, hey, that's never going to happen again. That's not Pittsburgh Steelers football. You could have still achieved that, though, and you draft Najee. And I've seen people say this, too, is like, should they have drafted Travis Etienne instead of Najee, right? 
if we're having the conversation, had Najee Harris made the Pro Bowl outright as a rookie, he made it as an alternate. And you were saying you had to pay Najee Harris $10 million a year. This isn't even close for a conversation of, oh, should they pick the fifth-year option up or not? And one other thing I want to point out too, psychologically, if you don't pick up that option, and I think that the Steelers will because he was a captain before they anointed Kenny Pickett a captain. You've got to name your quarterback a captain. I get it. I get it. But psychologically, if they didn't pick it up and then Najee's in a contract year in 2024, he'd be playing out of his mind in terms of running hard. What that does to a player to then want to get the contract that he feels like he's owed. But if like Saquon's fighting for 10 million and when healthy, Saquon is like one of the best in the league. Najee Harris isn't even, he might be two or three tiers below a Saquon Barkley. It's positional value, Joey. A long story short, it's positional value. And I think Jalen Warren, yes, he wouldn't be Jalen Warren without Najee. And this whole dichotomy of, oh, pick one or the other, they're teammates, they're both good at what they do, but with the ball in his hands, Jalen Warren's a better football player than Najee Harris with the ball in his hands in space. That's that's not even up for debate. That's not even – it's just the truth. It's the honest truth. I, I, I rarely buy into – I think there's it's a fan issue that they, that we fall into sometimes where, yeah, you, you got you to gotta pick one or the other. Um, you know, I'm a mindset – I mean, this is going to be uh, out of – out of nowhere, like analogy, but you know, like I get this in baseball all the time is like, well, we can't sign him. We already have three outfielders and you're like, all right, well, the season's long. You're going to need four guys to spread across whatever it is. 1500 at bats uh, between four guys. When you're talking about two running backs in the NFL, you know, the season is long enough where you're going to need both of those dudes. And there's a strong chance you're going to need a third guy too, as well. And I just don't buy, I, I don't understand that ever. Like, especially, you know, in the Chicago bears, when we're talking about wide receivers and stuff, like let's get four of them. Okay. Like let's sign Mike Evans and draft a wide receiver. Who cares? Right? Like let's have an embarrassment of riches at a position. That's really important to throw it back to you on the running back thing really quickly. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is a total February conversation. I can't help but feel, and I completely agree with you in terms of draft capital and taking a running back look, Jameer Gibbs, it's worked out so far, right? Congratulations. We all have outliers in life. Um, but positional value and and probably the contracts of, of how you're investing those dollars right now. I can't help but feel, and look, we don't know if Saquon Barkley is ever going to hit the opening market, uh, hit the open market this offseason. But I can't help but feel Austin Eckler and Derrick Henry are going to go somewhere and have a huge impact on their respective teams. And I'm really curious just to see where the dollars come in and see if it reflects with the value that I think that they're going to bring to their team next year. Cause I think it will exceed it. It's not, now, just I'm agree with you though. It's the identity too, but, and, and again, it's not, this is a big year for Najee, right? Like this to me is the telltale where you bring in a new OC you got an upgrade with Broderick Jones. Daniels has been solid at right guard. Mason Cole straight up. You have to replace the center position. Left guard, say Amalu got better. And then Dan Moore Jr. is entering the final year of his deal. Even though he might be a below average tackle, you're paying him less than $2 million a year. And he's an NFL starter and he stayed healthy. That's good contract value. 
I, I, you could upgrade there, though. You could. What Najee does this year in year three, like, there's no more excuses. And when you're getting about four yards per carry and you want to pay a premium for that, and again, $6 million, it's like, uh, Mark, are you being overly critical? You can find a guy either in free agency or in the draft where you can essentially get that same value. Now, what he brings to the table in terms of the leadership, the professionalism in a locker room, what it means to be a stealer, maybe that's what you're paying more of a premium for. I'm not boots on the ground to say that, but just how running backs are valued. Jalen Warren, and we love him in Pittsburgh. He's an undrafted rookie. He's an undrafted player. And he's carved out a role in a niche for himself. And when he's gotten touches and opportunities, and granted, again, he stayed fresh as a result of playing with Najee. Is that an area where you can upgrade? And to me, the answer is yes. We'll see how that works out this season for, for the Steelers. In between now and May 2nd, again, I go back to if Najee had made the Pro Bowl outright and you say we have to pay 10 plus mil for 2025, absolutely not. Absolutely. I want to I want to ask you a, a Steelers question as an outside um, observer from this year. Now, look, Mike Tomlin has seen a lot of locker rooms, right? I mean, he's he coached Antonio Brown, obviously the Killer Bees. Um, so it's not like the Steelers have been allergic to sometimes headlines in the locker room and all that stuff. But I did notice this year, and I just want to get your take on. You know, there were there were some tough times this season, especially with Matt Canada. And as you mentioned, Najee Harris um, was pretty vocal about some of those things post-game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the George Pickens experiment has been an, a success, but we're already starting to see a little bit of some of the things that I think scared a lot of NFL teams and maybe why he dropped a few spots in the draft. Um, a little bit of a wait and see. And then you have the unfortunate uh, carousel of quarterback. Um, where maybe there wasn't an opportunity for Kenny to really take the reins and make it his team. And then there was a lot of talk about Mike Tomlin, will he stay? Will he go? All this other stuff. Did you find this to be um, a particularly, like a little bit more of a tumultuous year, locker room frustration than previous years with the Steelers? Or or, or am I reading into that too much? Yes. No, no, you're not. Because for the simple fact of this, when they fired Matt Canada and Steelers fans know this, they had not fired a coach or coordinator mid-season since 1941. You got to go back to World War II, Joey. I don't want to go back to World War II, but I but I hear you. That's how long. And so Pittsburgh's been successful because they block out all the outside noise, the front office. They're not listening to shows like, like this where you and I are flapping our guns and sharing our thoughts. And that's that's a good thing but you have to adapt with the times. And when Mike Tomlin is entering the final year of his contract, when he walked out of that news conference, it was something we had seen before in Pittsburgh. You go back to 1988 at the end of the Chuck Knoll era. And he did the same thing mid season when someone asked Mm. about his contract towards the end. I don't know if it was premeditated with Mike Tomlin, but that was the elephant in the room following the playoff loss because you know, you know, he knows about that, right? It's the it's oh. the question everyone's wondering. Yes, it's after a hard-fought loss. I get that relationships are important after a tough playoff loss. That's the question everyone's wondering about, though. Deep down of, like, is this going to be it? Because Mike Tomlin, 
he'd be hired by sundown by another team or in a broadcast booth of some sort. I have no doubt about that. If he ever left Pittsburgh, he's a victim of his own success. Mm. The highest Mm. draft pick Mike Tomlin has had during his tenure, the 10th pick when they drafted and traded up to get Devin Bush in 2019, 17 years. It's the highest pick he's had. There was a clip, Joey, when the Steelers were playing Washington several years back, and he's talking with Chase Young, and I'm paraphrasing here. He just looks at Young and goes, yeah, we're, we never draft high enough to get a guy that looks like you. So going into the final year of his deal, they're going to extend it. They wouldn't bring in Arthur Smith, who I think was the best of the bunch of who they could get, other than maybe Zach Robinson, if you wanted to say Clint Kubiak and wait till the end of the Clint year, Kubiak, maybe. Yeah. But a guy who has play calling experience, everyone else that they interviewed didn't or didn't to the extent that Arthur Smith has. And for the identity of the type of football that the Steelers want to play, I think that hire makes a lot of sense with Canada. I would see all of this faux wasted motion. If they didn't give it to the receiver on the end round, rarely did the quarterback throw it to the motion man. I noticed this watching. Each week as a fan, I have a little bit of X's and O's perspective. What do you think it's like for an opposing defensive coordinator that gets a full week to scout this team? A full week where every single time the guy goes in motion, from a defensive standpoint, I go, sweet, the ball's going in the opposite direction. (laughs) And that goes back to the predictability of what I'm talking about with whether it's criticism of Najee or criticism of Kenny Pickett struggles to where maybe my glass half full perspective is you see what a new OC can do to put his players in a position to succeed. What a concept. So I I don't know if I even answered your question, Joey, but you got me fired up one way or another. Well, no, I think you're just diagnosing a lot of the issues that probably caused the sense of unrest that I noticed, you know what I mean? With the entire, with the entire operation. And with these coordinators, man, I, I look Chicago Bears. I I don't have, I didn't I didn't go to great class, like you know what I mean, like the type of education level on uh, offensive coordinators. We don't really do that here in Chicago uh, necessarily. So when I'm looking at Luke Getzey, right, I think my biggest criticism with him was that I did think that he, you know, I think he worked hard and I think he walked in with a general principle or a plan into every single game. But once those first couple drives are over. And you make that adjustment, can you adjust back? Can you be one step ahead of the competition? Or do you just fall into um, the same cliched tendencies that you have in your principles and your philosophy? And we're going to, if we keep running this play, we're going to hit it at some point. Um, and I think that is something, you know, it's obviously, it has to be elements of an ego driven or this, this, this blind faith and conviction that like my system, my play call, what I'm doing is going to work. But I, I just think there's a lot of these guys out there, and I think Matt Canada suffered from the same fate. Matt Nagy, uh, our guy, Luke Getze, is just once the game starts, you have to adjust mid-game. Um, you get a little lost. You can outthink yourself. Maybe you get a little too cute, or maybe you don't get too cute. Maybe you just keep hammering the same thing. We're going to stick with this until it works. Um, and then just I don't think you see results in the in the, the modern NFL that way. Shoot me in the head with a nail gun, Joey. Please be a pal. Lethal Weapon 2 style, (laughs) right through the top. Um, Two other things Steelers related, and then we'll get to Super Bowl, and we'll wrap from there. Um, 
final year of their contracts. Deontay Johnson, you're paying him a premium. Cam Hayward, who is a Steeler through and through, he's part of the old guard and the, the you know, the standard is the standard and all of that. Mid 30s now, making 20 plus mil. Maybe you try to renegotiate with him and extend him, maybe, but move that money across more seasons. Mm-hmm. It is no knock on Cam Hayward, but it is a young man's sport. And I hope he plays at the highest level. And I would love to see him achieve some playoff success finally. You mentioned it with TJ Watt. I think Cam Hayward belongs in that same conversation, but final years of both of their contracts and big, big years. And especially with Deontay, you're probably not keeping him because you probably want to keep George Pickens further down the line and allocate, okay, the money Deontay is going to want, you're probably going to have to give that to Pickens further down the line. So this could very well be the last year that Deontay Johnson's in the Steelers uniform and He's a very, very good route runner. I don't think he's an elite level receiver, but is still a good player and I think would be an asset to any NFL team. In regards to Deontay Johnson, I think his value to the Steelers will probably be tied to the success of the Steelers next year. If you guys go out, go to a playoff game, win a playoff game, Deontay Johnson contributes. I could see him probably sticking around. Um, But in regards to him, I, I think this probably would be his if I could say it now, probably his last season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, organizationally, I, I would hope Omar Khan would want to try and get back to some of the roots of what it means to draft as a Pittsburgh Steeler, which means starting to grow wide receivers off of trees. Um, that's kind of dried up a little bit. I mean, George, I mean, let's be real. Honestly, go out, like, pick over and over and over again. Start from Santonio Holmes, Plaxico Burris, and just kind of work but your recently, way forward on recently. That. Recently, the last couple of years, it's dried up a little bit, and I think it's about time they get back to prioritizing that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, the Allen Robinson experiment didn't work. I mm-hmm. think Deontay Johnson's a good player, um, but let's just see maybe where they're at before we start placing um, hopes and dreams on him remaining a Steeler in the years moving forward. Cam Hayward, though, I completely agree with all you're saying. Um, unfortunately, I think Cam Hayward's a great player. He's not getting $20 million anywhere else in the NFL right now. Even if he does get a couple million more, let's be real. Just just figure it out with Pittsburgh. Um, finish out your career there. I think that's what yeah, everyone wants I'd like to, to see. see I, I think that's the best way for him to stay productive into his career. Um, and then, you know what I mean? Ride off into the sunset and become an ambassador for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the next 20 or 30 years and wave your hand at halftime. Um, I would certainly hope that they would get something done along those lines. And I think your idea of pushing the money down Mm-hmm. Uh, with an extended year, um, I think is a smart move. We don't know what's inside that guy's mind. I think he still wants to play a couple more years. Um, but, you know, each year is different. Once you turn 33, 34, I think each year is its own challenge moving forward. So I I, I hope that he stays. Tomlin said this about Pouncey this offseason where he was like he played at a high enough level that he should be a champion. I feel the same way about Cam Hayward. I mm-hmm. You know, when you're saying that about Pouncey, I feel the same way about Cam Hayward in the level that he's played at and the amount of respect that he gets in the Steelers organization because, you know, we see Aaron Donald get his due. We see a lot of star edge rushers get their due in the league. Cam Hayward, he's like right there um, when he's been at his peak in terms so of... So go get 
go get a quarterback this off season. I feel like because you guys love everybody loves Big Ben and he's a Hall of Fame player, but he like lulled you guys into some sort of sedated state of like, well, it's still Big Ben and we're winning games. Like it like sedated to like the level of quarterback play that should be an expectation yeah. in Pittsburgh. So when you move on and you bring in a Kenny or a Mitch, you're like, well, let's see if the young whippersnapper can match the 170 passing yards that Big Ben had when he left the game. When you guys deserve way better and when we talk about players and this is what i get fired up when you talk about guys like cam hayward you talk about guys like tj watt you talk about a coach like mike tomlin player like minka fitzpatrick these dudes deserve to be playing in the most important games of the nfl season and that is in the playoffs and i'm yeah. telling you you are not going to do it without a substantial upgrade at quarterback even if kenny improves next year i still don't think that you're there right so mm. the kirk cousins thing just I don't know. I is that a Pittsburgh it's Steelers too, thing to do? If you sign, I would no, do it. no, no, and it. here's why. And and this all goes back to the lack of playoff success. January 2017 is the last time Pittsburgh's won a playoff game. If you sign Kirk Cousins, it's like, well, sweet, we're gonna go 10 and 7 and maybe win a playoff game now that we have a quarterback that has at least sniffed and been to the playoffs. Versus like if you sign Kirk Cousins, you're not winning the Super Bowl. No, like but, to but me, you, you, but you got Kirk Joe Cousins. Bur- you're telling you got, this fan base you're not winning the Super Bowl. Well, you got That's Joe what, Burrow and Lamar Jackson in your division already. So yeah. let's just go yeah. one step at a time, my friend. All you right, know what I'm saying? Right. let's change gears here because we're almost an yeah. hour and we have not talked any Super Bowl yet. Ooh, ooh. If you want to do this in terms of top Super Bowl storylines or like most overplayed Super Bowl storylines, now that we're into Wednesday, almost to Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not trying to wish my life away. I wish it was already here, though. Just in terms of storylines, what takes the cake for you, Joey Christopoulos, in terms of the very top going in to Sunday's game, Chiefs 49ers? Uh, (laughs) This one's a joke. But every single year, everybody talks about the commercials and the stars and stuff like that. My favorite part about the Super Bowl is the movie trailers about movies that are coming out. What's coming out, Joey? Lay this on this. So here's what I got. Leader in the clubhouse right now for what I think we'll see during Super Bowl. How about can I offer you a movie trailer for Deadpool 3? All I right, think that could Ryan be a Reynolds. lot of fun. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm feeling Stranger Things. We're going to get a little teaser to it. Not a lot of footage, uh, uh-huh. but we're going to see it. There's a Mission Impossible Part 2 possible. Yeah. Beetlejuice just wrapped. So maybe a Beetlejuice. Maybe they could cut something really quick. Just give you a little taste. Give me a little taste of something. And then otherwise, I don't know. Bad Boys 4, Twisters, the sequel. I mean, look, we're going to get Dune 2 up the butt, so that's fine. Um, but like, I, Give me something that I haven't seen yet. I hope we haven't lost all of our viewers at this point talking movies. But <laughs> what? Bad Boys 4? I think people are coming oh, in. Man. Super Bowl storylines. Uh, let's go with the softball, folks. The 16-incher. This is about Patrick Mahomes, my friend. I was in a hotel in Tampa about maybe three and a half weeks ago, talking to you on the phone mm-hmm. and we were talking about the playoffs and this and that. And I, at one point was just like, how are we, how are we not just saying the chiefs are just going to figure this out? And we both brought up really, really cogent intent, eloquent reasons of why their offense has been crap this year. They're a field. It's Kansas city field goal chiefs. You know what I mean? On and on. And lo and behold, he's here again with a team that I think has been flawed at different times on both sides of the ball and he's here again and he's trying to do a back-to-back man 
the back-to-back is that's football. I mean, that's hallowed hall stuff when we're talking about the NFL and we're talking about football. So I think the biggest storyline is is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I, I think it starts and ends there. He's in the Mount Rushmore of, of quarterbacks if he wins this game. I mean, he might you could argue he's already there, but Brady, Montana, Mahomes might be in the three slot then if he wins this game. I mean, gosh, that's a great question. I still I still want to feel like Elway has a bit of a debate in this. Um, but no, Manning you're right. in there. I mean, I mean I, I'm trying to think of who else would be in that three or four slot potentially over Mahomes, but if he gets three. I mean, yeah, Brady, Brady, Montana, Brady, Montana, Elway feels like a three that I've worked with for a long time mm-hmm. that I feel pretty comfortable with. Um, when you want to talk about the fourth one, yeah, that third Super Bowl, all of a sudden just leapfrogs Peyton because obviously the Peyton supporters would give out his career passing yards and all the touchdown passes and Patrick and the records there and, yeah. and the records and all that stuff. Um, AFC championship appearances, but man, he's already stacking it up. Dude's not, what is he? 27? Patrick Mahomes is 27. And I, I'm just kind of learning the hard way that this guy now just needs 28, to be, 28, but yeah. we got you. Just, you can't bet against this guy. And when you lose, you just say, well, this was the outlier, not the, not the norm. Um, the only thing that I've had about it is that I've been kind of secretly on the Chiefs for about a month now, and I feel like everyone in America is now on the Chiefs, whether it is mm. the Taylor Swift uh, combo, whether it is the the star power of Patrick Mahomes, um, the specter of winning back-to-back titles. Will Andy Reid retire? There just seems to be a lot more um, mainstream narratives. I, I, I know, I but think, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mainstream narrative that can play – that I think America now is, I think, rooting for the Chiefs more than the 49ers. That does scare me a little bit, um, but I'm still leaning Chiefs at this time. Can, I want to talk about Swift in a second. Um, to me, it's Mahomes and then the combination of Kelsey and Reed getting three Super Bowls. I mean, mm-hmm. Kelsey getting three, and he just gets more and more famous. He hosted SNL after the last one. And if you just repeat the first team to repeat since 0304 and the Patriots. It's it, it, that is rare. That is rare that a team, I can't believe they're even in the Super Bowl again after what was a terrible offense. I mean, Mahomes had the most drops of any quarterback and, and we were joking earlier about, well, Fields can't throw to himself. I was saying the same thing about Mahomes this season, yeah. throwing to all of his different receivers and they couldn't catch the football. Well, the, the the big part about it that I saw kind of materialize heading into the playoffs was for Mahomes, you just got to ask yourself, like, think about the greats. You know what I mean? Like, what do what do they need to just get by? And for me, it was, well, Mahomes has three. He found his way to find three pieces. Um, it's, it's Pacheco, it's Rasheem Rice, and it's Travis Kelsey. I mean, if you kind of say that and put that on paper and simplify it, you're like, wow, that's more than enough for Patrick Mahomes to get the job done. And then Andy Reed, obviously being one of the more innovative offensive minds of my lifetime, easily of the 21st century, he finds that fourth guy at just the right time, whether it is the Noah gray, thank God MVS actually started catching some passes downfield. Right. You know, McCole Hardman has been a total mess, but I'm not like writing him off totally. Maybe they get sky more back. So there's enough there. They're not flashy. Travis Kelsey is maybe a half step slower, but I love Isaiah Pacheco. I think that dude runs hard and he can do everything. 
when you talk about what you wish Najee Harris could do, uh, throw on some tape of Isaiah Pacheco. Um, that dude is fantastic. And dude, Rasheem Rice has just turned into a dude that Patrick Mahomes can trust. There's three pieces right there, and I think that's enough for him to get it done. Okay. Okay. Um, Taylor Swift is next up on this list for me. Mm, and the Chiefs win. Does Kelsey propose? Then do they go to Disney World together? <laughs> Could they co-host SNL together? And she just won Album of the Year for the fourth time in her career at the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And she just announced a new album due out in April. Mm-hmm. We're, we think that this is winding down right now, this Taylor Swift mania and... Look, if she's introducing people to football that are now enjoying it and that otherwise wouldn't have watched, terrific. But we just think we're getting the end of this mania with the Super Bowl. You're in for a rude awakening, my friend. Especially if the Chiefs win this game. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. Fairy tale ending. If Travis Kelsey were to propose after this game, I don't want to put too much pressure, but... The, the smooch afterwards after a hard-fought victory. Confetti and like... I, I heard Karma, you know, Karma you know is a cat. You know I know that this is real? You know how I know that this is real? I love betonline.ag. They've rocked with Believe in Steelers since day one. Mm. They sent me AI-generated photos of that exact moment. And I'm not going <laughs> to put it out there. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. There's AI-generated content. After the game, I promise you it exists. So I had a bit of a realization today, and it might not be fully formed, so forgive me. First of all, in terms of the proposal, if Travis Kelsey wins the Super Bowl and they're in love, what a better time than to propose to your girlfriend right there. So look, like honestly, go for it. And here's what I have to say to everyone else. We have to come to grips, um, and I'm just talking about fame now. So let's just stick to the concept of fame. Okay. I grew up with Michael Jackson, and I also grew up with everybody telling me about the Beatles and Elvis. And I got news for everybody. She's at that status. Yeah, You could say maybe the music's better here and there. Doesn't matter. We're strictly talking about fame. She is the Elvis of our generation. So therefore, when that happens, what I remember hearing from Elvis growing up was that everyone projects their own self onto this person. And however they weigh it is their she is a vessel for everyone's personality right now. If you want to be the type of person that thinks that she's working for the CIA, um, and this, you know what I'm saying? That is you using her thing. I don't, I don't fame. know, but please continue. You haven't heard this one? Oh, don't even Google it. People are they'll say in the comments. But if if you want to believe that she's working for the CIA to endorse Biden or whatever the theory is, you are using her fame as a vessel to espout your own feeling or your opinion. Um, If you want to say that this whole thing is fake and it is a sham, you are using this situation as a vessel to espouse your own feelings about maybe celebrity fame or just the cynicism of what's real and what isn't in today's day and age. So, you know what? I, I think whatever she works hard. I like her songs. I have, I honestly, I've never like listened to an album all the way through. Um, but I think she's a great songwriter who's been talented for 15 years and dude. Yeah, man, she's going for it. Right. Like savvy and business woman. Saying, and I, I don't blame her for it either. I don't. Yeah. New album coming out in April. That's the coolest news. 
let's be honest here. We can talk all we want about the shots to her in the skybox, whether she kisses the boyfriend, all this other kinds of stuff. Um, her job and her sole profession is to make music um, and have people listen to that music and enjoy it. And she's got more of it coming out. So you know what? Anyone that's like, she's just doing this for whatever. She's not really resting on her laurels. She's working her ass off to put out another album for her fans. Like give her credit. If my favorite band was doing that, like if my, the smashing pumpkins were all smooching Travis Kelsey at the Super Bowl on the 50 yard line, like one at a time, like, like in a line, but they had an album coming out in three months. I'd be elated. Yeah. Uh, I want to get to two comments that Robert has. I still can't name a single Taylor Swift song. I am 58. <laughs> and then Robert is saying as well, Robert, I appreciate these comments. They're hilarious. I was at Wrigley Field watching the Pirates play the Cubs the day Elvis died. So, wow. Whoa. Wow. Does he remember? Did the Cubs blow it in the seventh? Like every Cubs <laughs> yeah. game for the last 45 years? <laughs> uh, <laughs> TJK checking and saying she's iconic in terms of Taylor Swift. So got it. Hey, look, man, it, credit where credits due, dude. And I say, I bring it on. Give me a, more. Give me more. I do not want to see a single storyline, even if the Chiefs lose, saying, "Oh, she's the reason" or whatever, because that that narrative I think's already gone for the simple fact that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Hey. Um, Oh, real quick. Uh, so last Taylor Swift thing, very fast. Yep. I'm doing a prop sheet on the Super Bowl. Okay. So here's my thing for you. The one of the prop questions is: Will Taylor Swift be shown at any point in the first quarter after kickoff? Now you're thinking this thing's a slam wait, dunk. Wait, wait, hang on. Say that again, just so we have this right, w Joey. Yes. Uh, will after kickoff, from the beginning of the first quarter to the end of the first quarter after kickoff, will they cut to Taylor Swift once? So that would mean maybe Travis Kelsey makes a reception or they just kind of get gluttonous and they just go and cut it. But she's going to be flying on that plane the night before she, I got to ensure that she gets there before I secure that bet with betonline.ag. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Like, well, what, what if she can't make it? I mean, like we're all human beings. She has to travel. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. what, what Did you know she's happen? coming in from Tokyo? Yes, so she's doing a show the night before in Tokyo, and she's hopping a plane to get over there. Oh Dude, gosh. I'm deep. I'm deep in it right now. If anyone's got any advice on Reba McIntyre, over under ninety seconds for the national anthem, I could really use your help right now. I've been listening to Usher tracks all week long, and I'm feeling first song for halftime. Mark, OMG, right now. Mm, let me mm. let me love you down. Yeah. It's an easy way to get the dancers involved. He can get a little shine and then break it open. <sighs> But it's entitled, my wife just said it's called Oh My God. But it's entitled <laughs> OMG. I'm not 58, but I'm damn close. <laughs> Hang on, one more thing Robert's got, and then we'll get, we're going to get to the props. Hang on. Uh, Robert's saying he was rooting for the Pirates. The Cubs won in 15 innings, Joey. Wow. The day Elvis died. Pirates, Cubs. This is why we're having the live show. Robert, appreciate you checking in. <laughs> and then... Drew these comments are amazing. Drew checking and saying, Usher's just the NFL being cheap. Oh, oh man, no love for Usher. No love for He's Usher. He's the only one that said the one that said yes. Right? Uh, like before we get to props, I think number three is Mr. Irrelevant with Brock Purdy. We'll hear Bob Tun and then can Kyle Shanahan finally get it done in the big game? Losing to the Chiefs is the head coach of the 49ers a few years ago. If not for a Jimmy G overthrow, we might remember history a little bit differently. 
And then obviously the 28 to three game when he was the OC of the Atlanta Falcons going against Tom Brady in the new England Patriots. And I could be wrong, but um, my beautiful wife Mara pointed out to me that it also, if Christian McCaffrey wins the Super Bowl, it will be the first father and son Super Bowl tandem to win a Super Bowl for their same team. The second. She's looking up the first one, but that's a, that's pretty amazing. Got to get it. We got to get it on that. We got to get that's, it. It's Drew that's checking in. Drew checking in about Usher as well. I appreciate the follow up here, saying he already has a, a Vegas residency. So, okay. what's the first song? Yeah, Drew. Deep let dive. us know. Let us know the first song if, yeah. if uh, invoice us the tickets to Mark Bergen. <laughs> uh, all right. Any, so you talked about some of the props regarding. Um, some of the props regarding like off-field entertainment off the stuff. Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any on-field props that you like? I've got several. If you want me to to start? Yeah, I, I'll just do. I'll throw two out there and then let you okay. roll. One of the ones that I like, I always try and find. As you watch these guys, there's always that glue guy, that dude that comes up with a big catch that the fans of the team really love, but no one really knows who he is. So I love anytime touchdown Justin Watson plus 650 right now. Good I value. wish that number was a little bit higher, but that's decent enough value for me to get on board with that. Um, the other one that I liked a whole lot. Now look, he's been on IR, but this is the thing. Like when you want to make a bet, you're thinking about those unlikely super he- super bowl heroes that pop out of nowhere. If I'm not mistaken, and I think bet on G- line on G hopefully uh, confirms it is that sky more anytime touchdown. I think it's 12 to one. But first score of the game, Sky Moore, if he comes back and plays, because Kadarius Tony's probably out. Mm-hmm. If Sky Moore comes back and plays, first touchdown of the game for the Chiefs, 50 to 1. Wow. I like those odds. I mean, if you want to like, get that's like, just good value. I mean, you throw yeah. five bucks down and then 10 bucks down and forget about it. Exactly. Exactly. Someone put in the chat earlier that Sky Moore got activated off IR. I cannot find that in the chat. So he went on. Yeah. He got put on IR in December. They activated him. I think it was January 15th or 17th. He has not played though. He has not played. He is listed as questionable right now. He was practicing last week. Um, I do not have an update as of this taping on Wednesday. I think we'll, we'll get the full injury report probably tomorrow, right? Like you'll probably see that get pretty locked in. I don't think there's anyone that's a 50, 50 ball right now. So I think we would probably know more about Sky Moore tomorrow. I just thought that was kind of an interesting one. Nobody's talking about him. If you're looking for a total rando, um, it could be Sky Moore. Few I like, and I got this from Bill Simmons' cousin Sal guest line. Uh, Brock Purdy three and a half carries. I like the over here. Jitters oh. of the Super Bowl. He had key rushes against the Lions too in that win. Had five carries for 48 yards. Six carries against the Packers for 14 yards and kneel down also counts as a rush. So end of the half, end of the half, end of the game. If the 49ers are winning, I like the over there. And again, first Super Bowl two, a lot of nerves and adrenaline. Hey, if it's not there, take off and run something we haven't seen really from Brock Purdy before the playoffs, but it's a component of his game where if he can get down effectively, I think he could implement that into his game is just a way to keep defenses honest. So three and a half there, take the over. Patrick Mahomes over under 262 passing yards, and you're like, oh, Mahomes, going to be the MVP. The Chiefs will win the game. Take the over. I like the under. I like the under. 
262 is his high in the playoffs uh, in terms of passing yardage. He had uh, 241 against the Ravens, 215 against the Bills, 262 against the Dolphins. Give me the under for Mahomes with passing yards. But I've got one other one, Joey. Do you have any thoughts about my first two, though? Um, no, I, I, I'm with you on the Patrick Mahomes. Um, I was I was talking about it a little bit earlier today where I do see a scenario a little bit where I don't think this is going to turn into a track meet. I think this is going to turn a little bit more into the value that you place on possessing the ball, um, which kind of plays into both styles uh, just a little bit with the San Francisco 49ers getting Brock Purdy kind of trying to acclimate it as quick as he can into a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, they've had a lot of stalled drives. Could maybe see some field goals on that front. So I think it is going to be about possession-oriented football. Um, that lends itself to the under. Um, I don't know why, but I'm kind of thinking like uh, combined points in this game. I'm thinking around 41. Um, to be honest with mm -hmm. you, like I think it's 46 and a half right now. The 41 kind of gives me a little bit of wiggle room. So if you want to push that up to maybe a 44, I kind of like that a little bit. But honestly, a 24-20, 24-17, 21-20 somewhere around there um, kind of feels like where this is landing a little bit. I just don't see these two teams, you know, trade and blows like a heavyweight match. Like we saw last year um, with the, with the Eagles and the chiefs game. I just think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring than that. Yeah. I'm with you there. Last one. I like Isaiah Pacheco. I think I'm saying his name, right? Am I saying that right? Pacheco. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> Long day. His over-under for his longest reception prop is 10 and a half. He has just six receptions of 11 yards or longer regular season, postseason combined. So if you can take the under there again, his longest reception, 10 and a half. I like the under checkdowns, but I think 49ers will do enough to keep him in space, maybe a checkdown, but I don't see Mahomes hitting him on, say, a wheel route. I think the Chiefs will utilize him plenty in the running game. But I like the under there for longest reception for Isaiah Pacheco, 10.5. I like the under there. Yeah, just quick on that. I, I like that too as well. I mean, how many times are the Kansas City Chiefs going to feel comfortable with letting Pacheco just slip out without chipping or helping um, with a defensive line that honestly didn't finish the season very well? The 49ers gave up some running yards. Um, but it's still an incredibly talented defensive front. Bosa. Um, so so I'm with you. I'm with you on that too as well. I would think that they want to they'd want to keep him home unless there's something designed. The screen pass could really screw you on that. Mm -hmm. But on um, the check down, I, I'm with you. All right. This has been more than an hour, almost an hour and a half. Joey Christopoulos, is there anything else that you want to get to before we sign off here? This has been a ton of fun. Man, no, not really. I'm just super excited for the Super Bowl, the culmination of a football season that uh, was as torturous um, as any other that I can possibly remember. Um, for the Chicago Bears, I mean, I just need end of April to get here as quick as possible. <laughs> like, honestly, just tell me who to love already. <laughs> just tell me, just tell me, tell me who my new, who my new sports love is. Um, and I could just move forth and move forward. Um, I want to thank everybody in the comments here. Honestly, like really funny, interesting, insightful stuff. Um, I've been on Bears Twitter a lot, and and it's it's pretty nasty out there, man. Like Oof. I, I don't um, dip my toe too deep into the waters of Twitter, but if you get into the Justin Fields versus Caleb conversation, um, you'll see all the stuff uh, that kind of you know 
uh, drags down the medium from time to time. Mm. Um, so this was incredibly refreshing. Uh, I'll do all the bug stuff. Uh, Believe in Bears co-host Corey Wooten bringing you great action, trying to get as many different voices. I'm going to get on some guys talking Caleb, guys talking Justin, guys talking Drake May. I want to talk to as many people as possible and just listen, and we'll see how it unfolds. Uh, we've got episodes coming up all, all season long, all off season. You can uh, check out our audio um, wherever you get your podcast, and if you watch the video presentation, you can check us out on Sports Talk Chicago. Um, if you guys are college hoops fans at all, Penn State, anybody, college hoops, Ace Baldwin, anyone, Ace Baldwin fans in the room, uh, follow at Beyond the Big Ten. A um, bunch of great former athletes amplifying their voices on the weekly breaking down games. We got Tim Frazier himself hosting the Penn State show. Follow me at Joey Sports Guy. And man, I just Bad Boys Four would be cool. Cool trailer. I mean, are we ready for Will Smith to come back? Is that okay? What would be the one? Beetlejuice, Stranger Things, Deadpool Three, Bad Boys Four, Mission Impossible Part Four. Which one do you want to see the most? Which one would you like? Yell at everyone to like shut up so we can watch this. We need trailer. the Bad Boys trailer with the cameo appearance with Chris Rock getting slapped. And that would be the ultimate. Lean into it. <laughs> Lean into it. Um, I have one other thing to say because I was going to mention, you know, whichever guys, the Bears quarterbacks, rookie camp, rookie mini camp, mini camp, and all of that. I can't wait for everyone to lose their minds when we get to the NFL Combine when Caleb Williams measures at shorter than six foot one. I'm going to leave it there. Oh, yeah. And I'm just going to put that out into the ethos and into the universe. And we get to stir the pot even more between now and April's NFL draft. Happy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. Uh, I think it was maybe Robert in the chat. Uh, Shimmer. Robert um, was the MVP of today's show. Karma is a cat. Antihero. Shake it off. Uh, these are things that you can Google to get inundated in Taylor. And then once she gets into your mind, buddy. <laughs> it's over for joey christopolis i'm mark bergen this has been another edition of believe in steelers check out joey's pod believe in bears with Corey wooten joey thank you so much see you next time enjoy the super bowl take care everybody Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.